Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside or just... Let your attention be drawn to your spirit. Your spirit is one with God already. And what you're thinking with right now is part of your soul. So we let our soul be drawn by our spirit. Your spirit is always drawing your soul. And your soul wants to respond But your soul has some hang-ups, has some bad habits, has some fears and issues. And bad habits will continue as long as they work. So our spirit is joined with God's spirit to arrange the circumstances in our life to reveal those bad habits so that they don't work anymore. God's the only one who can free your soul to be restored to your spirit. But he wants us to participate. There are things that we only can learn through this process, one of them being gratitude and appreciation and valuing God's love for us. If he just took a magic wand and freed us from all our problems so that we never struggled, we were never in pain, we were everything always went perfectly we would have no value, no appreciation for certain aspects of God's love for us. We always go back to Adam and Eve, that they were one with God, and yet they did not appreciate him because they always had the same relationship with him. It was a perfect relationship. But there were characteristics. We couldn't kind of talk about that with raising kids. You know, your two-year-old child is a perfect two-year-old child, but you don't want your 22-year-old child behaving like the two-year-old child. You don't want your 42-year-old child behaving like that two-year-old child. It's not a reflection that our need to learn certain values and gain understanding by experience. It's not a reflection on our relationship with God. It's not a reflection on his love for us. It's not really a reflection on anything other than it's part of God's purpose for us. 
the system that he has created for us is for us. He probably could just, you know, hit us over the head and and we would all be perfected and and I think that's kind of what people, you know, think is going to happen in like whatever kind of rapture experience people think that all of a sudden all people, you know, everybody's going to be perfected. And there'll be no, you know, any bad habits that you've got now, you're not going to take with you, for instance. Any anger issues, any disappointments, any wounds that you have are just all, you're just going to be boom, and everything's fine. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I think God has set up this system so elaborately for all his creatures here on this earth to participate in the system of restoring our soul to our spirit. And that's really what this comes down to. He doesn't need our help with anything else. He doesn't need our help with revealing himself to others. I think we, any any area of our lives, we can ask ourselves, who am I doing this for? And a lot of times it's for ourself because we want to have control in a particular issue. This is often why we want to understand what God is doing because we want to have control over it. You know, we, we want to know God's will. We, we want to have prophetic insight. We want to know what's going to happen in the future so we can be ready. Rather than on a moment-by-moment basis being available to God for him to say, this is something you need to get ready for by doing this. Get this in order. Get that in order. Change this. Reconcile with this person. Change your mind about that thing. Stop spending so much time over here. Pack up and move. Without having a reason. Now, God sometimes gives us reasons. Some God sometimes does explain himself, but he is not obligated to explain himself in any way, shape, or form. Now, your spirit, being one with him, already knows. Your spirit knows the beginning from the end, your beginning and your end. Your spirit is participating in every day of your life right now. Because there is no time in the spirit. Time is a created thing. So one of our challenges to to separate our understanding of time versus eternity. It's not at all related. Eternity is an aspect of spirit, the spirit realm. And time was created for the natural realm. Eternity is not endless time. 
They, they aren't the same thing at all. And so we think, okay, you know, with, and that's, you know, just in general, what some of the things that hinder our ability to just let God do what he wants in our soul. Now, he's doing it anyway. And this is part of our, our embracing and accepting that he is sovereign. Whatever happened to you today was got what God wanted you to, wanted to happen today. Whatever's going to happen tomorrow is what God wants to happen tomorrow. And in your spirit, you've already not only agreed with it, you've already experienced it. In your spirit, you've already experienced next year, 20 years from now, your own death. You've, in your spirit, you've already experienced that. So God reveals himself in specific areas in our lives, not so we can be ready for what comes next. That's kind of like an, a given, an automatic You'll be ready for what he wants you to be ready for. And a lot of times he catches us unawares because we will be more likely to respond out of our soul being joined to our spirit rather than our soul trying to maintain control. You know, our first impulse when somebody's mean to us, our first impulse might be, to get angry, or it might be to just let it roll off our our shoulders, just let it not have an effect at all, or others. And so we experience different situations and respond differently, and it gives us an idea of the different beliefs that our soul is clinging to, to maintain control. As God is drawing your soul to your spirit, it's, it's not a um, flip the switch kind of thing. It's not either it's connected or not. It gets, it's getting closer. And it's drawing a little bit more over here and a little less over here. And, and we're even strengthening it, strengthening our own soul against God's drawing. But you, if you are, if you've been following what we've been teaching, you're in a position to hopefully be at a greater rest. Not even saying that what God is doing in your life is happening faster or having a greater effect or he's more pleased or anything, but hopefully it's giving you a greater rest and a, and a greater peace and hopefully those that rest and that peace gives you more opportunity to enjoy the things that we are meant to enjoy here on this earth you know love joy peace these are things that give give us an indication that god wants us to be enjoying our time here on this earth for ourselves and for others not for another reason other than our soul is finding its 
home, returning to its home in our spirit, and learning to exercise the power and authority that our soul already has. We go back to Jesus when he was walking around. He started out as a little baby. He had to grow up into some things. He had to learn how to hear from his father, but he did. He did all that. And then he had to learn how to walk around in a body and have a soul. Now, his soul was always one with his spirit, as was his body. But his soul had the same power and authority that your soul does, that my soul does. All those things that Jesus did, walking on the water, raising the dead, turning water into wine, feeding the, the, you know, dividing the bread and the fish, those are all things you can do. In fact, it's secret. It's not so secret. We've talked about it before. You don't even have to be a born-again Christian to do that. Those are all abilities in your soul. You're born with those abilities, that power and authority. It comes with your soul. God, you know, wisely prevents us from being, from exercising the power and authority. And at some point in time, we may get into how the occult accesses that power and authority. But you and I, that's what we should be focusing on, not what God is doing to restore our soul. You can trust him that he is arranging every circumstance in your life to make the most of your time here on this earth to restore your soul to your spirit. At the same time, be aware of the opportunities that he's presenting to you to learn how your soul functions, the power and authority and, and the abilities, and within that, how the supernatural realm works. Now, again, the supernatural realm is simply above natural. Super is above, so it's simply above the natural. Your body, you know, your physical being functions in the natural. Your soul functions in the supernatural. And then, of course, your spirit functions in the spiritual realm. Now, in the supernatural realm, we're not the only being that exists in the supernatural realm. Now, we're still figuring this out. God reveals it, and I think a lot of the revelation he gives is by experience. It's trial and error. Let's see if this works. Let's see what happens when we do this. And it's, all, it's, that, it's not that complicated. It just it does take time and effort. But if we put aside a lot of the things that we think we should be working on and gave time and thoughtfulness and appreciation in these other areas, I think we would enjoy our time here a lot more because we are not to be, uh, our, our joy is not something to be stolen from us. We should value our joy and our peace and our rest. 
even as we're learning. So most of us have learned, you know, from from different Bible verses about all the, you know, what are called the um, the gifts of the Spirit. Well, they're they're not really gifts; they're abilities, and they're not spiritual; they're soulical. So when we look at at the supernatural realm, and I always say I'm I'm open to refining my approach. Uh, this is not set in stone. I think we're all you know again. This is we're in process. We're not don't have the full revelation. I'm glad to say that I don't assume so and. I'm enjoying learning just like everyone else how our soul works. But I at this point in time we have the supernatural realm and we're not and by we I mean what we could refer to as human beings. Those of us who have a a, a physical body that has a soul that um can have either that either has a dead spirit or a living spirit. Descendants of Adam and Eve, we could say. And we, having a soul, we exist in a soulical realm. And that soulical realm is part of the supernatural realm. Now, there are other beings and other realms within the supernatural realm. I'm not sure how they connect, how they overlap, how they relate to one another. But we could say that um, there's an angelic realm and a demonic realm and maybe a ghost realm and maybe in, you know, you know, a fairy realm, however you want to care, any other kinds of creature. Now, I don't know if they have similar kinds, if they share, if they have a soul and they therefore share the solical realm. Or if messengers have one kind of uh, region where they exist and then they overlap with, into our existence. Now, we do know it's all under God's control. But it helps to be reminded that those beings, and let's just stick to angels and demons, they're not spiritual. There's only two spiritual beings, God and regenerated descendants of Adam and Eve. If you've been born again, you are a spirit being. And since we're in him, there's really only one kind, one being, and that's God. So demons are not spiritual. Angels are not spiritual. Ghosts are not spiritual. They're solical, maybe, and natural. They have some kind of presence, some kind of physical reality. And I don't know whether it's just, you know, a a representation where they interact. So we don't know how, how that works, but our eyes... They can make themselves visible in the natural realm to our physical senses. So they have some kind of a relationship to our natural world. 
but they reside primarily in the supernatural realm. And I will say that you and I are similar to that, that there is so much, just as angels and demons and ghosts and any other critters primarily reside in the supernatural realm and then reveal themselves to the, to the natural, it's, the, it's true for us as well. Our main existence here on this earth is not natural. It's solical. But we have separated ourselves so far from our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. So, the, so our soul has become so reliant on the natural, on what's going on in the natural, how how our natural body, how our natural existence is affected by our environment. This is one of the reasons we spend so much emphasis on learning to wait, learning to be quiet, learning to enjoy just being in the presence of God. That's your soul just being allowed to be in the supernatural realm. Now, what, as, as we do that, your senses, your solical senses, and to some other degree, your natural senses are quickened. You begin to see with supernatural eyes and understand from a whole different perspective. Receiving revelation from your own spirit where you just instantly understand something rather than having to try to figure it out. But this also is connected with the power and authority that you already have in your soul. Just as Jesus was walking around teaching his disciples That's not all he did. He he preached. He was a preacher, a teacher, and and then and uh, he demonstrated. So he proclaimed, "This is a truth." Then he explained, "This is how it works." Then he showed, "Here, this is an example of it." God loves people. God loves you. Then he would blame how he was not a respecter of persons. Then he would raise the dead or feed the the hungry or turn the world upside down. So his goal was not limited, and yet... His, none of those was his final singular purpose, which was to be the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, to bring us into that relationship where we could have an, a renewed spirit. Remember, there were no Christians when Jesus was walking around. Nobody could know him after the spirit. Because everybody was dead in their spirit until he rose again. 
until Jesus rose from the dead, nobody could have a restored spirit. And yet, look what they accomplished. I love when they, you know, Jesus sent them out two by two, you know, and they came back and they marveled <laughs> that even the demons obeyed them. And the example of the, the Roman soldier, who I think his daughter was, was ill, and Jesus said, well, I'll come to your house. He said, well, you don't even need to do that. Just send a word, and my daughter will be healed. Now, this was a Roman. This was not a Jew. This was not, you know, somebody who was following him. He, but he understood the way authority works. He understood authority. He said, all you need to do is send the word. He recognized that Jesus had the authority. Now, Jesus said, I have not seen faith like this. And so, okay, we think, okay, there was something special about the man, about the Roman soldier, that he had special faith, that God somehow gifted him with special faith to be an example. No, he just understood authority. And the more we understand our authority, remember Jesus said, say unto that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it will be removed and cast into the sea. He didn't say, pray to me to cast the mountain into the sea. He said, you do it. Now, he sets these things out not to guilt trip us or to make us feel bad that we can't do that, that that's not going on in our lives, but to give us something to shoot for. To have an expectation that this is all available to us right now. The power and authority he is, if you have a soul, if you're an ascendant of Adam and Eve, you have a soul, and these came with the package, just like your eyes and your ears and your nose and your legs and arms. They all came with the package. It's not a special gift, but your soul has these, the power and authority. Now, one thing to look at is all the mir- these miracles they, that Jesus performed were all the exercising of his soul, And he did this not because he was the son of God, but because his soul was connected to his spirit. So when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he raised his physical body. When he turned water into wine, that was in the natural realm. When he heals a body, it's in the natural realm. When he multiplies the fish, it's in the natural realm. When he cursed the fig tree, it's his soul exercising authority over the natural realm. Then we can get into him taking authority over the devil. Be behind me, Satan. That's his soul, not his spirit, his soul, exercising authority over another 
supernatural being. And many other areas, think about everything that Jesus did and start, you can categorize them. Was that miracle, was that revelation, that action of his power and authority, was that his soul over the natural realm or was that exercising his power and authority over the something going on in the supernatural realm? Now, there's other areas, and we can, and we, we've you know, been talking about the entanglements of the soul, is we get caught up with those things that are continuing to strengthen our bad habits. And rather than worrying about overcoming our bad habits, let God do that. Let's you and I enjoy the process of learning good habits, how to live and move and have our being as spirit beings that have a soul that is fully activated in exercising its power and authority here on this earth. So change your expectations. Look for opportunity. And you can be encouraged if through this process, one of the ways God will will draw you in the right direction will be the presence of peace and rest and joy. If you're striving, if you're anxious, these these are good indicators that you're trying to do it out of your bad habits of your soul. Or that might be that God wants to heal you in that area or that you're dealing with an enemy that God wants to reveal. Regardless, we have a lot to do, but it should be out of peace and rest and joy. So please feel free to drop me a line at diane at org, or contact me through Blog Talk Radio or the website at therainersclub.org. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.